0: Fried Pop Culture. I am one of your hosts, Mandy Kay. And I'm Kelly Lee. Each week we're going to talk about our experiences of Southern culture through the lens of stories that are set in the South, feature Southern characters, or are Southern flavored in some way. On this show, our structure comes from our amazing theme song written by our friend Josie Bentley. So we'll talk about the movie in three different sections. Southern culture in general, bless your heart or problematic moments, and the things we loved that make us tickled pink. This week, we're talking about the 2000 movie The Legend of Bagger Vance, starring Matt Damon, Will Smith, and Charlize Theron.
1: This movie is based on the 1996 book The Legend of Bagger Vance, a novel of golf and the game of life by Stephen Pressfield. And the tagline for this movie is one of my favorites. It says, Some things can't be learned, they must be remembered. And I haven't read the book yet, but now I want to because I've always read this movie as a guardian angel spiritual journey story, and I'd really like to see how the ideas of remembering versus learning play out in the book.
0: Oh yeah, I can see that being right up your alley. Yeah, and I didn't even know it was a book.
1: Like, usually, that's the first thing I know about a movie. Right. But I didn't know that this was based on a novel, so I kind of feel like I didn't, I didn't prepare as a scholar. <laughs> But I do want to go back and read it now. And Stephen Pressfield does good work. So I think it would be really interesting to read.
0: Well, funny story. I started watching this movie and like the very first thing I thought was, wow, I forgot this was a golf movie. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is legit a golf movie. That is what this movie is about. And I completely forgot that part. (laughs) All I remembered was Matt Damon and Will Smith. Everything else was gone.
1: That is funny.
0: <laughs> golf
1: kind of plays a prominent role in this movie. It, it really kind of does.
0: I mean, without golf, there is no story here. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's funny, though, the things that you remember about a movie that are not necessarily what the writer might expect you to remember, you know?
0: Yeah. So. Well, I mean, and I think... But the tagline is some things can't be learned they must be remembered you can tell that story without golf you can tell that story sure. in any number of ways and so the story wasn't about the golf the golf was mm-hmm. just the medium through which the story was told
1: oh absolutely. and so the things
0: that I remembered were the relationships and the emotions and and that sort of thing um, but it's just, it made me laugh because it's a golf movie and I just forgot. <laughs> I feel like that's forgetting that Friday Night Lights is a football movie.
1: <laughs> well, no, okay. So here's a good example. Um, Bull Durham. Yes. Is technically a baseball movie. Yes. But I, that's not the first thing that comes to my mind. I think it's a movie about poetry and sex. Ooh. So then I'm like, oh yeah, it's also baseball. <laughs> say it's a baseball movie and for me it's a movie about poetry so okay it's just funny what you remember yeah you know
0: all right well do you want to kick us off this week okay so
1: talking about our experience of southern culture through the lens of this movie and it's funny because this is one of my favorite movies about spirituality and teaching and talent So I kept having to pull myself away from that to focus on the southern experience lens. But the setting helped because Savannah is probably my favorite place in the entire world. And the cobblestone streets, you know, are so real and the scenery is so beautiful. And so, like, it felt like the best part of home for me. Like, if I ever moved back to the south,
0: it would probably be to Savannah. Oh, that's great. I've never been to Savannah, but I really want to go (gasps)
1: What? Oh, God. Oh, my God. No, I am now morally obligated to take you to Savannah. <laughs> we will have so much fun. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, God. We will have so much fun. You and me on River Street, and we should do, like, a live podcast of some kind. Let's it's, do it. Savannah is – oh, God. Okay. Savannah is fantastic. But it's, it's funny because I am an accidental golf mom, which is something, like – Nobody would ever expect this from me, but I have zero athletic ability. I I mean, when I tell you I'm a klutz, like it doesn't even begin to cover my lack of hand-knack coordination. (laughs) But somehow I gave birth to a golf prodigy and my son started playing when he was about 18 months old. And he was like actually out on the course at two. He was on the local news at three. Wow, And he started winning tournaments when he was five. Um, And so his whole childhood, we traveled all around the Southeast doing these junior golf tournaments. Um, So like I have this deep appreciation for the game because I didn't have a choice except to learn it inside and out, (laughs) you know, because I was helping him and I can coordinate a junior golf tournament by myself. Like I have gone through this for years and years and years. And it's not a sport I was ever drawn to nothing I ever would have had an an interest in at all. But by being out there for years with him, like I have, I have developed a, a real appreciation for it. And so there was a lot of, of that that I saw reflected in this movie. Like when I see bagger out there practicing, you know, golf in the rain um, or Juna out there, you know, hitting balls in the rain, Like I know the dedication because I have been out there with a kid in the rain practicing the night before a tournament. Right. And that is not the fun time to play golf. But if you're serious about it, the weather doesn't stop you. Mm hmm And so that was very authentic. And it's kind of one of these, um, you say you drive for show and putt for dough, and the game is really won on the green. The grass really does shift during the day. You know, it really does follow the sun. And so that scene in the movie when, when Baggert was kind of explaining that, I thought that that was really interesting. And he said, the golf course puts folks through quite a punishment. It lives and breathes just like us. And after spending years in different golf courses, I would say, I kind of think that's true because the ones that are designed to be part of the natural landscape around them have this sort of tranquil natural beauty and you can lose yourself at some point if you're out there and maybe that was easier for me because I was holding a camera and not a putter right (laughs) but um but 36 holes back to back is grueling like that is cruel punishment for a golfer and the tournament that they put these you know guys through for exhibition golf like that would have been exhausting and incredibly difficult
0: Yeah, I was shocked whenever they said it was 36 holes over two days. I was, I mean, that's, even I, as a non-golf person, understands just how challenging that is. Yeah, absolutely.
1: But it's funny, um, we, we actually, my son got to to meet and and practice a little bit with Russell Henley before he made it big on the PGA Tour. He's from our hometown, and he went to the University of Georgia, and, and my son got to, to kind of play with him a few times growing up. And we walked with him and kind of his, his support group at his last amateur event. And his mother told me that she always holds her breath whenever he putts every hole, every, you know, all, Mm -hmm. all the years of his life. And I do that too. So like the, the tension of that in this movie, I think they captured really, really well. And so it's not necessarily Southern except Golf courses in the state of Georgia are brutal. Like, they they are some of the most trickiest and some of the most challenging. Um, And because you can play year-round, you know, it just attracts this wonderful kind of golf culture or audience in different places of the state. And it's it's just incredibly tough. And I think if you ever want to see, like, someone's real character, you take them out on the course because you'll see how they handle – disappointment. You'll see how they handle anger. You'll see how honest they are. Mm -hmm. Um, And so golf can be a great analogy for a lot of areas of life and character development. And I think that they did a great job with that in this particular movie. Okay. What about you? What was your Southern experience like for this film?
0: Um, I had two that really, really just stuck out because I'm not a golf person. And so I wasn't able to really pick up on how true that piece of it was as well as you did. But I I got a real kick out of the folks in Savannah calling Savannah the real South, but Atlanta yes. is not. I
1: would agree. Yes. I tell everybody that Atlanta is not really part of Georgia. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and, I mean, I, I know that's a thing. That's, you know, people say that and people are very, very adamant and passionate about those sorts of things. And so it just, it made me giggle. <laughs> and then... There was a line in, in the movie that I almost wanted to put in the problematic section, and I think you did, um, but it was about, it was the narrator talking, so it was, I guess, Hardy as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He was talking about Adele and, and Juna after, he had le- after Juna had left her, and he said, But Adele, woman of the South, had survived worse than desertion. Yeah. And so they didn't really super elaborate on it, but when you have experienced Southern culture and you know what Southern culture is like, especially during that time period, there's mm-hmm. so much being said in that one sentence that is just so on the nose.
1: Yes, it was a great line. And I put it in the problematic section just because
0: it, again, to me,
1: was the still Magnolias example. Mm-hmm. Like, don't let utter and complete heartbreak stop you from running your family's business, taking care of everyone, doing all the things. <laughs> You're not allowed to slow down. You're not allowed to show... That emotion, you have to be tougher than everyone else in the room. That it was just sort of reinforcing that still Magnolia idea. But it was a great line. Yeah, absolutely. So what else landed in your
0: bless your heart section? Uh, The businessmen in this town. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, who... I just I don't even know how to like properly express my frustration and shock at how these businessmen acted around Adele. I mean, we are introduced to these businessmen when she is in her bed sleeping alone and she wakes up to her bed surrounded by all of these men just staring at her waiting for her to wake up. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's,
1: what? I, I wrote WTF in my notes like that is beyond stalker creepy crazy.
0: Yeah. And and there was another another time and I, I don't remember exactly when it was. I wish I had been more specific in my notes, but I just wrote down, God, these businessmen are so inappropriate. And that well, was they just broke the, into
1: Juna's house too.
0: That's yeah, they did. Yeah. 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 When he so when Hardy
1: went to find Juna at the poker game and then he Juna came home, they were waiting for him. Yep. And and not only were they waiting for him, they you know, the one of the league guys was quoting the Bible about sending Hardy, you know, saying Isaiah 11, six and a little child shall lead them. And I'm like, what does the Bible say about breaking and
0: entering you Right? crazy people? Like, <laughs> it's God, like awful. Boundaries, people. We need boundaries. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the other one that was just really, really bad for me was when um, Adele was schmoozing the the mm-hmm. two golf Guys, I can't even remember their names right now. But there was the good Bobby one Jones and, and the bad Hagen. one.
1: Yes. <laughs> Bobby Jones was the good one and Walter Hagen was the
0: the playboy. Okay. I guess. So, yeah. So, when she was smoozing, schmoozing, schmoozing Hagen, um, he had a woman in his office and that woman leaves. And then mm-hmm. they make this comment about how Edna May, that was her name, is top heavy and they were afraid she was going to fall over. Mm-hmm.
1: What? Yeah. That. Well, it is. (sighs) He was literally putting into her cleavage while she was laying on the floor. So that was kind of Adele's way of like acting like she was totally cool with Hagen being a playboy. And I
0: thought, oh, that's so slimy. It was like super slimy, slow slimy. (sighs) But I mean, Hagen was slimy too. So I mean, (laughs) she she knew exactly what she needed to do and say to get him to come play in the tournament. And that is simultaneously problematic and tickles me pink. (laughs) Right? I know. I know. I hate that kind of manipulation, but at the same time, I have to give her points for being really smart. Yeah, absolutely. What about you? What else was problematic for you? This section is so short because, for once,
1: like, I am so biased. I love this movie. But I I was challenged a little by – the idea of having another movie where another African-American character is in the historic South kind of portrayed as angelic, like driving Miss Daisy with that being racist. Mm -hmm. And I can't decide, like, I think it is. And I don't have the expertise to really parse it apart. Um, But I think that, and, and just the way that, you know, Bagger was treated and, and also historically Caddy's, have always been treated badly. Um, so I, it just is, again, this this constant, uncomfortable, racial underlying tension that sort of taints everything mm-hmm. in the South. And I hate war, like all of it, for all reasons. But that's not necessarily a Southern thing. That was just, you know, part of the plot of the movie. And... Um, but I think that <laughs> the two things that really bothered me was... The broken love story with Juna and Adele, and then when she sees him again and she tells him, I'm not crying for you, and you can see the pain on her face. Mm -hmm. And they have this reconciliation later, but you never really see him acknowledge the pain that he caused her. Right. And that was problematic for me. Um, And I think Hagen propositioning Juna was really smarmy. To be like, hey, we're going to come do this exhibition thing, and you're going to lose every time on purpose, but I'm going to give you this percentage of the winnings. Like, staging that and planning it out, I thought was bad. And then I personally don't think the movie gets good until after 30 minutes when Will Smith shows up. Like, yeah. Then I sit up and pay attention.
0: <laughs> I agree with you. Um, I When I was watching it, I was thinking, wow, this is really slow, and I'm not really sure kind of what's going on and, and where the story is going to take me. Mm-hmm. And then Will Smith shows up and he's just like $5 guaranteed. Yes.
1: I know. And like they could have cut that 30 minutes down to like 10 and I would have been ready for Will Smith to show up. Yeah. Yeah. Like that would Absolutely. have been. <laughs> that would have been better. But that was it because I really do ridiculously love this
0: movie. Well, this movie was actually really, really good. And I think it. It it did well at not being stereotypical. It it did well Mm -hmm. in being authentic. It it told an authentic story. I think it was trying to do that. And I think it did it really well.
1: I think so, too. So what were some of your favorite things? What tickled you pink?
0: Oh, my God. Basically everything about Adele. (laughs) But I have to comment on she was wearing these red hats with red lipstick. Mm -hmm. And, like, I wish I could pull off a hat like she can (laughs) because it was amazing. I mean, she's so confident and strong and smart. She knows what she wants. She knows how to get it and she's going to do it. Mm -hmm. And I just, I love that about her because especially in this time period, you don't see that a lot with women. And so that we got to see her being in charge of her own life was amazing. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I don't want to say she's my favorite character because I think Bagger Vance really is. Yeah. But but she's a really close second. I think so too. I liked her a lot. Will Smith, uh Bagger Vance is so sarcastic sometimes. It's <laughs> so wonderful. Um I thought it was funny that you you said Hagen was smarmy because I actually have a note that Bagger is smarmy sometimes. I use the same word. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> And he is because, like, the whole point of, you know, Bagger kind of mentoring Juna through his golf game is that he he lost his swing and he needs to find it again. Right. And so at some point during the first day, it, you know, Juna says, I think I found my game. And Bagger just looks at him and he says,
1: Well, good news, Mr. Juna. Now all we got to do is figure out what game that is. <laughs> yeah.
0: because he still wasn't (laughs) playing golf really well (laughs) right (laughs) yeah it was fantastic um oh another line from adele um when she is talking to juna and they're kind of starting to reconcile she's very clear she says to him i'm sorry but it's not my fault you are the one to blame And she doesn't try at all to say, well, I had a hand in it or, you know, it takes two. She's like, no, this is on you. And I'm going to tell you this is on you. Mm -hmm. And I loved that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hardy pep-talking Juna about the golf Mm -hmm. and and just kind of inspiring Juna to remember. Hardy says it's the greatest game there is. And so Juna gets the experience to kind of look through a child's eyes to see the wonder of this game that he used to love mm-hmm. and I really like that I thought it was sweet and then um when Juna got his hole-in-one <laughs> they played an angelic chorus <laughs> behind it <laughs> yeah. and I mean it was so like out of place it was like I mean it's up there with the the Ode to Joy chorus um in Die Hard when Alan Rickman finally that. opens the but vault. I it was the same thing. I love that. But I love that so much.
1: And I just, I started giggling. Well, as someone who has witnessed a hole-in-one in person, I don't think it was inappropriate. Like, I'm pretty sure I heard one in real life when it happened.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's absolutely amazing. But just, it just, it made me giggle. And I like things that make me giggle. And then I think... <laughs> Honestly, I think my very favorite thing about this movie is that at the end of the story, it really does kind of show us, it shows the audience that it was never about the golf. Because the tournament, they win in a three-way tie. There is no winner. Mm There is no loser. And and I think that's a brilliant way to end the story because golf was just the metaphor used. Right. And in the hands of a lesser writer, they would have had Juna win. Mm -hmm. And I love that they didn't. I agree. I love the three-way tie. And
1: I like that exhibition golf gave them the freedom to do that. But, like, one of my favorite things about the junior tournaments that we used to play in was watching these little kids who, like, cared so much more about hanging out with each other than who actually won. But they would try to tie. Like, their goal was to have a tie. Because if you had a tie, you got to play extra holes. Oh. And so like, and, and like my son, sometimes I could tell, I'm like, he could have made that shot. Like, I know he could have made that shot. He intentionally held back a stroke so that he could tie the kid he was playing mm-hmm. because tying was more fun than winning.
0: And like <laughs> That I is just wonderful. Want- I love it.
1: I loved that spirit. And like when the kids would have a tie, everybody would cheer and it was a super exciting thing. And then you all got to stop and go watch them play, you know, the extra holes or whatever. It's one of my favorite things to see happen um, in a regular tournament too. Is just the drama of it, I think is, is really cool. And golf is one of the sports that allows that to play out. Mm-hmm. But, um, but if it wasn't exhibition play, it wouldn't have been able to end like that. They would have had to keep going. You know, they would oh, okay. had to keep playing additional holes. Um, until somebody
0: won. Until somebody won. So I was really glad that they had that framework. Well, what else did you love about this movie? Besides the movie. <laughs> uh, Will Smith and Will Smith and Will Smith. Like, how I love thee.
1: I adore Will Smith. I don't think I've ever seen a Will Smith movie that I didn't like. Or at least appreciate him. Um, and I loved what he brought to this (laughs) to this movie I love that Adele refused to sell Crew Island and that she has the audacity to come up with a plan like having Bobby Jones play Walter Hagen on her course um, without even talking to them (laughs) first because exhibition play was not it wasn't a big thing back then and like one of the the really cool things about Bobby Jones was how he really had so much respect for the game that like playing as an amateur meant a lot to him um when he was called to war, he donated a large percentage of like land and family land to to you know be golf and I may have some of my historical facts wrong there, but like he always with all the amazing talent that he had i mean in the golfing you know world talent like the man was touched by God, he was amazing. But it never was his primary identity. And I think that they really represented that well in this movie. Um, And there was this great scene in the locker room where he was talking to Juna. And he was so good to him and just so set, you know, kind of in his own, like, yes, this is great, but it's just a game. And Mm -hmm. and there's other things that I'm going to do now. Um, And I think I fell in love with Bobby Jones a little bit in the locker room yeah' it definitely. was it was just a it was just a great scene, you know. There were so many lines in this movie that I loved. Like when Hardy went to get Juna at the poker game and <laughs> Juna said there's not enough whiskey in the state of Georgia to get me drunk enough <laughs> like, I Can think of so many ways to use that line. Yeah. Um <laughs> and when Bagger is telling Juna about losing his swing, you know, and them needing to go find it. Well you lost your swing.
0: We got to go find it. Now somewhere in the harmony of all that is
1: oh. all that was
0: <sighs> oof, all that will be.
1: And I I just love this whole metaphor for life and you know for finding yourself and your authenticity and the way that they sort of use that as a metaphor for a golf swing and that everybody has one perfect swing in them. And, um, it, it's just a great, I mean, you can take it in whatever way is most comforting or meaningful to you. And so I just love how they did that, you know, in the movie. And my favorite part was when Bagger and Hardy were out measuring the course and practicing mm-hmm. Hardy swing, you know, and, and Bagger said, inside each and every one of us is one true authentic swing, something we were born with, something that's ours and ours alone, that can't be taught or learned, is something that has to be remembered. And just this idea that there is, I don't know, but maybe this pre-human, universally connected magic that's part of all of us. Like, I just love how they play that out in this movie. Um, I love all the sky shots that we get um, they do such a great job with the sky scenery and with the weather that I mm-hmm. thought was fantastic when Bagger teaches Juna to like see the field and watch Bobby's practice swing and he says there's only one authentic shot that's in perfect harmony with that field you know and, and kind of the idea of looking at the field and not thinking about it but just feeling it like I, oh, I just loved it and then at the same time, like, he switches from zen to total smartass, which is probably why I love him so much. Yes. And there was one point where he handed Juna a club, and he's like,
0: Just bash the living shit out of it." <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> that is a great caddy, you know? It's so oh, yeah. Good. It's so good. Um, and I did, like, the reconciliation with Adele and Juna. And when he, he kind of has this sort of realization that he is going to come back and win this thing, or he like suddenly believes in himself, and they're sort of at the party after that first round, and he comes up to her and, and she says, "Is there something you wish to discuss?" And he just kisses her like with everything he's got. Then my heart swoons, and, mm-hmm. and I love the the discussion between pure determination ver- versus pure panic. And he's like, "I'm panicked," <laughs> and he just and he tells her, "I like the way we dance," and I'm like, "That was." beautifully done. I I really liked it a lot. And when the final putt drops in the hole, like I love the silence and I love bagger dancing on the shore. And then the swell of that music is just gorgeous, you know? And then the last line that we get from Hardy where I, and I'm trying to decide how to interpret the ending of this movie, because this is his fifth heart attack on a golf course. And I'm wondering like, I kind of expected him to get up and walk toward Bagger Vance, like for Bagger to reappear as like his guide to take him off this life and into the next, because I thought he died.
0: That's how I interpreted the end. I thought he died and Bagger was standing on the shore waving at him. Okay. That's
1: what I thought too. Okay. Um, But I love this last line that it's a game that can't be won, only played. I play on looking for the moments yet to come, looking for my place on the field It's just sort of this metaphor for life, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I just thought it was beautiful. Like, it just gives me the warm fuzzies, and I can't even really be critical about it. I love this movie.
0: (laughs) It is a really, really great movie, and I I love stories that are metaphors for life and and that try to teach you a lesson in authenticity, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what this movie is doing. And it just... It made me want to sit still and watch it.
1: Yeah, and it was such a beautiful example of teaching as well Mm -hmm. between Bagger and Juna, you know, because Bagger sort of bends to the shape that Juna needs him to be in, and that's done situationally, And, and the best teaching is always done, you know, situationally. And so he might be fiercely encouraging one moment and completely, you know, flippant the next. But he always was so in tune with what Juna needed. And the best, you know, teachers or guides have that power. And I just think it was beautifully expressed in this movie.
0: Yeah, there's there's that one line that um you have it in your tickle pink section, but you didn't actually mention it. And oh. it's when um Juna is so so far behind that all he wants to do is quit. And so Bagger is kind of telling him you know, you can pack up and leave. It's okay. You can, it's time. If you want to, you can just leave. You want to quit, Mr. Juna? <laughs> you know, you can just go ahead and creep off somewhere. I tell folk you took sick. Truth be told, ain't nobody going to really object. In fact, they'd probably be happy as bugs in a bake shop see you pack up going home. You know I can't quit. I know. Just making sure you know it, too yeah and and so he's he's teaching and being kind of sarcastic at the same time. Mm-hmm. in that because he's pushing him to quit saying, "Hey, you suck. We know you suck. You can stop now. But <laughs> yeah. he's, he's doing it to build him up, right. <laughs> and not everybody can pull off that kind of teaching. right. Well,
1: and everything he did, he did for Juna's benefit, you know, with with Juna at the center and this ego free you know, teaching completely focused on the needs of the person that he was trying to help. And I mean, you have to be supernatural or angelic mm-hmm. to do that. No, no human can be that patient all the time. right? Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was, it was just beautiful teaching and talent and magic and spirituality and golf, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's just a great kind of movie. So, so did you have any other notes that did not fit in our three buckets?
0: I had actually forgotten that Bagger was supposed to be godlike or supernatural or angelic, whatever he was. Mm-hmm. And so I was actually a little bit surprised by that because it, it snuck up on me at the end. Okay. Like like not the very, very end, but, but when we're getting close mm-hmm. um, is, is when I really started to pick up on it because I, w- I don't know why. I was just thinking this guy is just passing through, and I don't know why he knows everything about you. he just does. <laughs> Sometimes I'm not the brightest crayon in the box, okay? Yes you are. <laughs> and 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 so it makes me wonder why? Why was Juna picked to have this transformational experience?
1: That's a really good question. So and, and I think it's interesting. So then the question becomes do we all have this moment and say no? When it happens to us or do we say yes and actually get to live it out? Because he very easily could have said no to this and then none of the magic would have happened. Right. You know, and I think it was the saying yes to that invitation. It was saying yes to this chance to do the thing that he was the most afraid of or that, you know, touched every raw part of him. It was this chance to, um, to kind of reclaim part of himself but also to become more and and he said yes to that and I think maybe into each life the opportunity to do that falls but if you don't say yes then you're not going to know it so I don't think that he's like picked because he's special except the argument can be made for that much raw talent which he had you know and so then the question becomes If you have that much raw talent in you for something and you don't use it, are you refusing a gift from the universe? You know, which Mm, I've always wondered about. Because, like, with my son, as he got older and in high school, he started enjoying golf a little less. And a lot of people would pressure him and say, you know, you are so good. Like, you have to do this. You should do this in college. You've got to do this professionally. Um, And it, it really started to bother him. You know, and, and finally I, I told him, I'm like, you have an amazing gift for this, but if you don't love it, then you don't have to keep doing it. It's yeah. okay. You know? And so I, I think it's that question of, of the connection between talent and authenticity and, and soul, you know, and what are we called to do and what capacities do we have and what do we say yes to, you know, okay. and what magic do we open ourselves up to, but I, I read this with a hell of a lot of philosophy in my head, so yeah, <laughs> I don't know that that's the right way to read this movie. And, and you can also read it where, you know, Bagger was just a super helpful guy passing through. Like, it's totally up to you how you want to read this
0: movie. Yeah, um, I also, I really liked that Bagger didn't stay to the end of the game. Yeah. He stayed until Juna didn't need him anymore, and he had mm-hmm. learned his lesson, and then he left. But he stayed close enough to kind of hear what was happening, and so he yeah. did that little jig on the beach. I love um, that. But I, th- I thought it was just a nice moment. Mm-hmm. So what about you? Is there anything else that you want to discuss with Bagger Vance? Well, it,
1: it was funny. I've seen this movie probably a dozen times um, because my son liked it when he was growing up, but hardly ever the first 30 minutes because we would always fast-forward it to the part where Will Smith shows up um, because... <laughs> <laughs> My son was always like, that whole beginning stuff is boring. So like watching the beginning again, I was like, oh, there is other stuff that happens. And oh my God, it drags on for 30 minutes. Right. (laughs) It was just funny. (laughs) Um, But one of the things that struck me, and I couldn't decide where to put it, was the look on Adele's face when Juna ends up 12 strokes back at the end of the first round because she is in agony for him and it is so hard to watch someone struggle on the golf course like especially when when they get that far behind um golf is a mental game and you can tell when somebody is is just stuck and it is heartbreaking and it's so difficult to witness because you can't help i mean you really can't help unless you're bagger vance and you have <laughs> powers right um But then I think it's probably hell to watch the person you love fall and not be able to help in any arena. But I I think that they really showed a light, like they were able to show her love for him in that, just that
0: one look on her face. And I thought that that was really well done. Yeah, I think um, Charlize Theron like acted the hell out of this movie. Oh yeah, she totally did. She was great. (laughs) She was great. And when I think of this movie, I don't think of her. I think of Matt Damon and Will Smith. But watching it, this time around, she's kind of like the MVP for me.
1: And see, it's so funny for me because I think of her and Will Smith, and I kind of feel like any of the guys that played the golfers maybe could have been played by kind of other actors. Like, okay, it's <laughs> <that's> probably <laughs> terrible of me, but <laughs> those were not the the performances that, that moved me. Okay, um, you know, <laughs> see, it's kind of funny. I would not replace. Those two people. I think you have to have them to to make this movie.
0: Okay. So So what are we watching next, Mindy? Next week we are going to be talking about something to talk about. All right.
1: That's (laughs) one of my favorite Julia Roberts movies. And I won't have to badmouth her like I did in Still Magnolias.
0: (laughs) I haven't actually seen this one before, so I am looking forward to it. Oh, that is fantastic. Oh, that's great. Okay, I hope you like it. (laughs) All right. like <laughs> We'll see. Okay, well, we want to hear from you. If you want to join the conversation on Twitter, use the hashtag SFPOP. Tell us about your experiences growing up in the South or how you felt watching this movie. You can find me on Twitter at Mandy K, or you can email us at podcast at eloquentgushing.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Dr. Kelly
1: Jones, at com or on the Big Strong Yes podcast with Lonnie Dine-Rich.
0: And Southern Fried Pop Culture is funded by supporters like you through our Patreon page. For exclusive content and more, please visit us at patreon.com/slash eloquent gushing. And thanks to Josie Bentley for our amazing show music. Thanks, y'all. You wanna hear just what I think, but I don't walk around to- Culture is an Eloquent Gushing production. For more information, please visit eloquentgushing.com or visit us on Twitter at eloquentgushing. Gushing.